Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. Support for this podcast comes from Is Business Broken, a podcast from BU Questrom School of Business. Stick around until the end of this podcast for a preview of a recent episode exploring the history of investors holding businesses accountable and the dawn of the ESG, or Environmental Social Governance Movement. Emery. Ben. Where are we? <laughs> Who are we? What are we doing here? What is life even? <laughs> We're in Austin, Texas. Right. We're Check. South by Southwest. Check. That's right. Um, we're standing right near Cesar Chavez Street uh, in East Austin. And we're, um, we're kind of here in, in Texas, in Austin, Texas, just grabbing some interviews, hanging out. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have some sweet, sweet podcast content for you. That's right. We did an AMA yesterday at Reddit's kind of headquarters while they're here at South by Southwest at a place called the Belmont. And we did that with their head of entertainment. Her name is Ashley Dawkins. And she was up on stage asking us the questions that Redditors were asking us online. All right. So we're going to take you away from Cesar Chavez and these sick jams in East Austin and take you to that AMA. And uh, we got some other stuff too, so stick with us. Here we go. Okay, um, our next question is from Colonel Mustard. He wants to know what's something surprising you discovered throughout the production of the podcast? Ooh. About yourselves, about the users, both. It's a very, I want to really think about that. I won't think about it at all. And I'll, just say, <laughs> uh, I'll just say, like, you know, something that's been surprising and amazing for me is just um, both, like, how many different kinds of real people there are on Reddit mm-hmm. um, and how many different communities there are and how vibrant those communities can be. You know, it's just been amazing to me throughout the process, like, finding Redditors who are, like, super interesting, have very like interesting, different personal experiences and are willing to share them. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that this is surprising, but I don't think that I could have fully comprehended the scope of the kind of stories that we mm-hmm. would be talking about. I mean, if you are a, just a straight up reporter and you have a beat, you, you have a sense of the kinds of stories you're going to encounter mm-hmm. and, and you know, the, the different kinds of people you'll meet and perspectives you'll hear. Um, but when your beat is Reddit, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the internet, which is society, we are, you know, we're, we're talking about driving hundreds of miles tomorrow to talk about soil samples as one story. And then we have a story like we just focused on one person's struggle with heroin. Um, it is such a welcome education for me along the way. Yeah. Okay. This question is from QU1. Um, have you had really awkward times meeting Redditors in person? Uh, we can be shy or awkward. Uh, many of us are even afraid of doxing. How much coaxing have you had to do to get in-person interview adventure subjects to come out of their shelves and work with you? Oh, question. that's a great question. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a phrase that I have used with people when reaching out and that I genuinely mean mm-hmm. is that I want to hear as much or as little as you're willing to share. Mm-hmm. 
and I think I'm very sympathetic to the fact that not everyone wants to wants to pour their heart out to me, and that's okay. I have to earn that from them anyways. Yeah. So if they'll tell me a little bit, great. And if not, that's okay. <laughs> and one of the things, too, that I think we take more seriously, I mean, this is one of the things I think we take the most seriously when talking to people, mm -hmm. is um, protecting their anonymity if they if they want it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a journalism thing. It's not, you know, even necessarily an endless thread thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and specifically on Reddit, like as Amory said, like we're, I think we're really careful about saying to people like, look, if you don't want, if you don't want your name used, we've, I think even offered people like trying to actually like change their voice, you know, oh, yeah. like one of those yeah. like. Or yeah. you can have someone else read their lines. I mean, yeah. that is, that has been done yeah. and we will do it if that's really a concern. Okay, well thank you guys so much for this and for all that you do for us and the users, we appreciate it so much. And let's get a beer, please. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Ashley. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. <laughs>
We're going to Steve Huffman. He's the CEO of Reddit. We had a chance to sit down with him yesterday at Reddit's kind of home base again. That was the Belmont. Um, so we're going to play you a little bit of that conversation. And I think the first thing I asked him when we sat down was, how do you Reddit? So I do probably 95% of my Redditing uh, these days in the app. And so I start off in bed. Uh, the first thing I do is open our all. And I don't usually browse our all, but I open this to see, uh, am I in trouble? Right? <laughs> you know, what is going on? There's just something Fair. going on today that like, yeah. is going to make my day hard or not. Emergency um, check. Yeah. yeah, and so just to make sure what's the top of our all. And if I see it's something like derpy, I'm just like, that's, that's like a, a nice relief. Then I'll go to my home feed. I'm subscribed to probably 200 communities or so. And then I just you know, start, start digging in. Cool. Um, can you talk about a few of your favorite uh, posts of all time? Sure. Um, there's one. I don't know if you guys are doing this one. Uh, the banana for scale origin. Oh, we haven't done this one yet, but this is... Okay. okay. This guy posts. He's like... Hey Reddit, I found this like hole in my wall, and there are these things in there, and it was like candy wrappers and stuff. And he's like, I've put a banana in the picture for scale, and um, there's like this whole discussion about it. And so, and, and so people are joking like, a banana for scale? Like what? <laughs> Why? And then somebody else is like, Hey man, um, the banana thing's cool, but are we all just gonna ignore the fact that this guy has a a, a person living in his wall? <laughs> Because there's like a, I, I wanted, there's like garbage, like a sleeping bag and trash and stuff in this guy's like wall, oh. and so it was just this like, I don't know, uh, and that becomes a thing. This is this is what's so interesting. Or part of the thing that I love about Reddit as a user is that these things become part of the lexicon of redditors, right? Yeah, and now banana is the standard unit of measurement. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, this does seem to be like a really interesting time for large platforms um, when it comes to figuring out policy and being reactive to policy and how to be reactive quickly, but also very carefully. You know, how do you think more generally about the process of banning users, banning subreddits, banning content, and how that butts up against ideas about freedom of speech and you know keeping the platform vibrant? So, uh, on, on Reddit, what's really important is that it's, it's the most human place on the internet. We want people to be authentic and genuine and share themselves in every way possible. And sometimes they do so in ways that it might, might be offensive or, 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 or you know, not welcome by the larger community. And that's generally okay. We care very much about the, the we try to separate uh, behavior from beliefs. So we want Reddit to be a space where you can have your beliefs and, and we believe that, that that is what the freedom of speech in the United States protects, is this, uh, the ability to have beliefs and ask difficult questions and, and, and have political debate that might be uncomfortable. But it's your behaviors that are really important. So just like in the United States where you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right? You can't falsely advertise, um, libel and slander, right? You can't do those things legally. Um, on Reddit, we have boundaries as well, right? There's, no harassing or bullying, nothing illegal, um, no uh, involuntary sexualization, um, uh, no glorifying violence. And so we've tried to draw those lines. And so that still leaves a pretty like, wide uh, area within the, to, to, to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and our, 
our thinking on this issue does evolve over time. Yeah, and it's tricky, right? Because you have users who are consistently giving you feedback. And I was, I was reading the post that you made recently on this, this topic of deepfakes and sort of how you guys were approaching policy. And, um, and it also had to do with, um, I think, some of the, um, the conversation around Russian interference with the election, things like that. How do you sort of take the feedback from users that are saying you know, you're not moving fast enough on this, or what about this subreddit um, that's offensive to you or offensive to us? Like, I guess, how do you think about, like, taking that feedback but also proceeding carefully? I mean, you, you just said it. We take the feedback, but we proceed carefully, mm. right? The last thing we want to do is be reactionary. And so in order for us to, to ban a community or say, you can't say this, that takes a lot of thought, and we want to make sure that we're doing something that we can enforce you know, forever going forward, that we can do it consistently and fairly. It can be difficult because our community does have strong feelings on this. And we live in a time where the, the debate is, is very emotional. Yeah. And, and you see that on, on both sides. Right? Yep. We've got it all, the left, the right, and everything in between. And our job is to make sure that the left, the right, and everybody in between has their say. Mm. Let's talk redesign. Yes. When I talk to people who don't know a lot about Reddit, I often get these responses like, it looks weird, I don't understand it, um, things like this. Can you talk a little bit about the, the current design now um, and how you explain the design to people, commenting, threading, stuff like that? Like if someone came to you and was like, I don't get it, well, how would you describe the design to them? Well, the early days of Reddit, Reddit was all outbound links. And so a list of blue links made sense. And our, our product strategy was, okay, no categorization. We don't need to explain it. There's not going to be an onboarding process. We're not going to require you to log in. We're just going to assault you with content. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you so much content that there's something there, and it's going to be dense, and it's going to be above the fold, and we're going to guarantee that there's something there that is interesting to you. And that actually worked for a long time, and uh-huh. especially with our, our, our user base who I think was, is comfortable taking a chance, right? Just, yep. I'm here, I, I don't need to understand why, I'm just going to click on things. And it still works, right? It really does. To a, yeah. Well, yes and no. Right. Um, Hence redesign. But. We <laughs> see about a million new users a day Wow. have never been to Reddit before. That is our most conservative, like we've chopped out incognito and duplicates and then chopped it in half again. A million new people a day. That's amazing. That is a lot of shots on goal. Most of those shots are not going in. Yeah, I was going to ask, we, what's the bounce rate? Or yeah, we probably <laughs> alienate about 990,000 users a day. Fair. So uh, I think there's, an, a, the, there's a lot Lots of, of opportunity. opportunity for improvement. <laughs> yeah. And the, the content of Reddit has changed. Yeah. Right? In the early days, 100% outbound links. Now the content is 60% self-posts. And the vast majority of the rest are images and video, mm-hmm. which are, are native to Reddit now as well. As goes the internet. As goes the internet. So really in the redesign, we want our presentation of that content to match the type of content. Mm. You know, we're two white men talking to each other, and I think another thing that a lot of people assume about Reddit is that it's just people like us talking to each other. How do you think about inclusion and like encouraging inclusion and what would you say to people who make that assumption? Well, um, the, the beauty of Reddit is in the breadth of Reddit. That's how we've grown. 
So you can't have hundreds of millions of users without having a cross-section of humanity. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about bringing Reddit to everybody on the planet, to having billions of users, uh, then you're really intersecting the whole planet. And so we want to see diversity in our communities, which means we need to have diversity in our user base, which means we need to have diversity at our company. I think all of these things tie together. And it's in that diversity that the, the coming together of different perspectives and the, the creation of empathy, that, that that is the engine of Reddit. That's mm -hmm. what Reddit does. It's just like this empathy engine. Mm -hmm. and, and you get that through diversity. So our origin... Yeah, it was, was, uh, was, was tech people, mm -hmm. right? Tech people who would put up with Reddit's UI, mm -hmm. which is uh, <laughs> demographically narrowing. <laughs> right. And that's one of the things I'm excited about in the redesign. Yeah. For example, the gender breakdown on the phone is uh, much better than it is on the web, even though the content is the same. Hmm. Um, and you know, I'm sure we could debate reasons for why or why not, why or why not, but that is the fact. Yeah. And I'm hoping when we get to the redesign and we make the, uh, the, the UI more accessible and welcoming, that we'll see that reflected uh, in increased diversity in our user base as well. Can you give me some, some Steve Huffman today I learned? Like, a lot of people know a lot about you just in terms of your behavior on Reddit and stuff like that. I once, I was in a bar, you know, urinating, looking at my phone, and... I dropped it into the urinal. And I sat there and had just this moment, right? It, it was a definitely like a, um, what's, what's the community called? Um, uh, uh, today I fucked up. No, no, or, no, watch uh, them die inside. Uh, yeah, watching um, people die inside. Watching people die inside, yeah. And so I just sat there looking <laughs> at my phone, wondering, am I going to pick this thing up? Right? And, yeah. and I was like, okay, so if I pick it up, then I'm going to have to wash it. Like, can I wash it? And I just, I just, I left it, is what I did. Oh, you I just, left it? I came out and I told my friends, <clears throat> I need a new phone. It's in there, but I just, I can't go through you this. You just literally left it in the urinal. <laughs> yeah. That's a good today I learned. That's a very good today so, I learned. So, <laughs> careful. I always now, I just hold it to the side, so yeah. in case I drop it, it's going to hit my shoe. Um, Steve, thanks a lot for talking with us. Thank you. No, it's, it's been my pleasure, really. Support for this podcast comes from Is Business Broken, a podcast from BU Questrom School of Business. A recent episode explores the long tradition of investors influencing companies to do better. If you even go back to the 1600s, the Dutch East Indies companies, you'd have ships that would disappear for three, four, or five years at a time. And there were mechanisms that were needed because investors would put money into these operations. Stick around until the end of this podcast for a preview of the episode. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. 
Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. All right, Emery. All right, Ben. This is our, I think this is our last stop. Yeah, Dirty Six. Dirty Six, aka Sixth Street. Mm-hmm. It's like eleven thirty at night. Yeah, it's it's not fully crazy yet, but it's pretty crazy. There's no there's no cars. There's lots of people. Some people with their shirts off. <laughs> and this is it. We're done. For now, we're wrapping up our South by Southwest 2018 experience, and we'll be back to our regular programming next week. Yeah. So I think uh, I think I'm gonna do the credits. You ready? Please do. Right in the middle of Sixth Street. <laughs> yeah. All right. Endless Thread is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station, in partnership with Reddit. Our show is a dream realized by Jessica Alpert, who, when we ask if she likes the episode we put together, she sometimes says, "WTF." Iris Adler is our executive producer, and she makes sure our stories meet the bar of mildly interesting. Mix and sound design by John Parati and Paul Vikas, who remind us whenever we're recording in the field like this that nature is lit. Our web producer is Megan Kelly, who looks at our attempts at writing web copy and goes, Aww. Our intern is Chris Yulian, who, when we put him on a task, he politely says, Hold my beer. Our theme music is by Squelcher. We like to use Redditor art for our episodes, though this week it's just a picture of me and Emery on our South by Southwest adventures. If you are a Redditor and you'd like to make a piece of art for an upcoming episode, you can give us a holler. You can find us at wbur.org slash endless thread. We are also on Reddit. Endless underscore thread is our username. This show was produced by Josh Swartz, Endless Threads, Amory Sievertson, and me, senior producer and host. I'm Ben Brock Johnson, and I'll let myself out, aka finish walking dirty six. Emory. Ben. We are at the Chili's at 45th and Lamar in Austin, Texas. Like no place else, or whatever the sign said when we first walked in. Like no place else. Mm -hmm. And this is where, um, when we asked our Austin, the Austin subreddit, when we said, where should we go? They said, the Chili's at 45th and Lamar get the skillet queso. That's right. Asked, answered, and now delivered. One might think that that wouldn't be the place where you would get the best food in Austin, but mm-hmm. that's what the Redditors on r slash Austin told us to do, so that's why we're here. And we listened to them. So, And they said specifically the skillet queso is skillet what you need queso. to get. And it's only 11.30 a.m., so Not it's even. perfect time for queso. <laughs> There's no wrong time for queso. Support for this podcast comes from Is Business Broken, a podcast from BU Questrom School of Business. Listen on for a preview of one of the episodes. ESG, or environmental social governance, challenges businesses to think beyond the immediate bottom line. But before ESG, the Balance Scorecard did something similar. Questrom's Eddie Riedel explains. The big thing that was groundbreaking about the Balance Scorecard is really this idea 
to move beyond thinking about financial statements, which everybody had thought about since the 1920s, right? That was kind of the gold standard for how to evaluate a company and its performance. And the balanced scorecard's big insight, I think, was to get companies internally to think about, well, what if you don't just focus on financial measures? There are other things that are going to affect your performance, and maybe they won't affect them today, but they're going to affect them in the short-term, mid-term, long-term. Building in those other criteria, those other dimensions, and explicitly linking that to your strategy, to how your company is going to operate, what kind of big decisions it's going to make, that's really what the big insight of the balanced scorecard was meant to do. And at the time, uh, it, right now, it doesn't seem particularly revolutionary. It seems kind of obvious. We've been stuck in the ESG movement for a while, and thinking about linking these things to corporate strategy seems pretty obvious. At the time, it was a pretty big, whoa, kind of moment. Find the full episode by searching for Is Business Broken? wherever you listen to podcasts, and learn more about the Mayrotra Institute for Business, Markets, and Society at ibms.bu.edu.